Demand for ServiceNow developers is high. That means you don't always have time to work on some of the smaller projects that business users need. That's when it's time to look at the citizen developers. Welcome to Breakpoint, the ServiceNow developer podcast. Here's your host, Chuck Tomasi. Hello, ServiceNow admins, builders, developers, and curious individuals. And of course, the utmost love and respect to all of you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening to Breakpoint, the ServiceNow developer podcast. And in this episode, I have the one and only Rajiv Sethi, VP of Employee Experiences. How are you today, Rajiv? Chuck, I'm doing wonderful. And I'm honored to have the opportunity to exchange some of my thoughts with a celebrity like you. Very rarely I get the chance. So I'm, I'm very glad I'm here talking to you. We're on the same team. It's great to have, you know, everybody's got their own strength. I cannot do what you do. <laughs> so that's, let's work together to make everybody's lives better. Okay. Uh, obviously, welcome to Breakpoint. And before we begin, I always like to get to know our guests. So please tell us a little bit about yourself. I've been with um, ServiceNow for a little over five years. Um, I started as an enterprise architect um, at ServiceNow. Currently, I tell everyone that I have three jobs, but I, by the way, I just get only one paycheck. So I just want to make sure people don't think that I'm... <laughs> only three jobs. <laughs> yeah. yeah, three jobs. So first one is I'm constantly looking for opportunity to make the world of work work better for employees, right? There is a big divide I see between how we consume services in our real life and how it is done in an enterprise. And my goal is to bridge it, creating those consumer-like experiences in our work life that we love in our real life, driving like self-service. My job number two, as you see, is our, our, our portal, our mobile, our virtual agent, search, onboarding, journey accelerator. There are so many products which we have been bringing to the market um, leveraging our platform and delivering those internally. And some of them have been made their way into our products. We are co-designing and in some cases co-developing like the safe workplace app. So we, I, my team works very closely with our product team out there. And, and my job number three, I get the opportunity to share our stories with our customers like I'm doing now with you all. I, I love the opportunity I'm getting it. But I cannot do my job number two or job number three without being successful in job number one. So Absolutely. that's yeah. yeah. Uh, what does a typical day look like for a VP of employee experiences? Um, a bunch of meetings. <laughs> a bunch <laughs> of meetings. But uh, other than meetings, and, and that's all fun, right? I meet with, um, obviously, my team engaging with them, with our internal stakeholders. And as I said, some point, uh, some point of time with our products and our customers out there. But a bulk of my time is collaborating, uh, whiteboarding now in the virtual uh, world, and and just looking at opportunities to to see how we can make things better, make things uh, learn from experiences which we see it in real life, and constantly driving the results and the outcomes out there. And what kind of things really catch your attention that you say, "Hey, this this is interesting. This I need to learn about and share." I, I get inspired from so many different things, right? Whether I'm uh, driving a car or I'm watching a TV or I'm playing with some software, I go to a website. There are so many 
creative work which has been happening outside um, service now by our customers by in our consumer life so i'm constantly looking at um, those and trying to see how we can make it more applicable in the enterprise world like whether it is uh, just for an example not only the employee when you break the employee persona there are managers managers is a key, key persona which carries a lot of workload for our organization how can we make things easier for them developers developers like within service now id we have more than 300 developers out there how do i make their experiences better in regards to whether they how they are automating their testing how they can move their code between different instances so develop so it, employee experience is not only making things pretty and making things look cool but how can we make things fun and easy for every person out there agreed agreed it's it, the experience is is way more beyond the ui when you think about what's the experience of buying a car <laughs> it's it's a lot different today than it was you know even 10 years ago so you're right. Inspiration is all around us. And I encourage everyone listening to this podcast to pay close attention to what works and what doesn't. I mean, there's there's a huge difference just between browsing videos on Netflix versus browsing videos on Hulu or Paramount Plus. Or I know I'm throwing some names out there, but uh, yeah, we all have our favorites. And sometimes you don't think about why, but you know, see if you can articulate why this one works and that one doesn't and what works better. Don't get me started on the clipboard at the doctor's office. That's just, <laughs> that's just a bad experience all the way around. Okay. Now, when Rajiv, the workaholic is not working, what do you enjoy doing in your off time? I, I moved in the Bay Area about 14 years back. Um, was, uh, I used to live in Boston, a different time, different story to, to, to chat about it. Uh, but when I, uh, one thing which I wanted to do when I moved over here in the area was I was very much interested in the wine making, how the wine is made. <laughs> um, I already made two batches in the COVID started. My first batch was uh, a Malbec and the latest one, um, which is ready to be bottled, it's an Italian red. So that is the hobby I picked up and I hope to keep building on that and, and sharing that if anybody's interested, right? So it's, it's a fun thing. Uh, I'm enjoying uh, the whole process and um, it keeps me busy. And obviously it uh, brings me more friends at home whenever they are ready to have some. Oh, I look forward to sharing some secrets and tips and whatnot because my dad has been a vintner for well over 50 years. He finally passed that on to my sister. She's always posting pictures of her latest batch and you know, it's in the bottle, it's in the keg. You know, it's, she's, they've, together, they've both won some awards in Michigan. So it's, uh, yeah, it's kind of in, in my blood and I've always wanted to pursue that and or brewing, brewing beer. Would that be fun would be too. The next thing I'm going to give my give a shot at it. But hey, we can have a podcast on uh, wine making next time, Doug. How about that? It's one of the first podcasts I ever listened to. It was called um, Winecast, obviously enough. <laughs> so, uh, but he would review wines. Uh, but I would love to hear more about the your process and and how it works. I, I, we we have to sit down and have some social time because there are many 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 stories about growing up and uh, that whole process. Okay, that we've 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 got a, a bit of color to your profile now. Let's turn to the topic at hand. 
I know, obviously, most of the listeners of this podcast are developers, and I, I kind of hinted at this in the intro clip. But, Rajiv, tell us, for the developers, what's in it for them when it comes to starting or being involved with a citizen developer program? In, in fact, um, what we are doing is we are bringing more help to them. And, and people wonder, like, how is that? As, as you know, in the in whether you are ID or any part of the organization uh, developing, you cannot do everything. They are mm-hmm. usually um, allocated to larger projects, very key strategic projects, and then there is a ton of work which is still done manually around it. And um, we've been doing it a lot of those things manually around, and the, we never get an opportunity to prioritize those kind of works out there. Second thing is uh, the business stakeholders, as you can say, right, which are subject matter experts, they know how their work work, works. And you know how frustrating it can be if you want to always go and say no to your business partners uh, because you cannot fulfill all their demand. So it it makes more sense to work together to exploit the skills of both the citizen developers for the low code, right? We, We see like doesn't need to be you don't need to be a professional developer in today's world to able to write some decent code or automate things we do that in our um, real life right we go and program things we program our thermostats we programs uh, we set up routers at home we do a lot of automation at home like from sprinkler systems to uh, garage donor door openers. I look at those things. Like if we can do all that, we take spreadsheets and we write some complex mac- macros. So you <laughs> don't need to be professional developer. So there are great opportunities today with our low code platform, um, and where we can have individuals who are not professional developers, but they have the aptitude and they have the desire, and they have some uh, skills for uh, doing some automation things out there. So bringing them into the fold, uh, you can automatically take away a lot of those manual tasks and take away the burden which the professional developers may have to constantly uh, look at how they can deliver those capabilities, which, which may not be larger, which may not be strategic out there. So we are looking at enabling those line of business folks out there or individuals sitting outside IT to be able to build their own apps. There is there are so many manual, uh, you can just imagine, right? There are email-based processes. There are spreadsheets, which we manage to uh, at BRAC. Digitizing that and structuring those things um, makes things move faster and smoother across the enterprise. So that is the help we see the citizen developers can take care of that white space or bridge the gap between what these bigger programs can do and then things which don't get done. Oh man, you just brought up so many thoughts. The I know I've said this before, but it bears repeating that it makes sense to work together to exploit the talents of everybody. As as we mentioned before, I can't do what you do and you know your processes better than I do, but to work together, that frees me up as a developer and you up as the subject matter expert to really get the best of both worlds. You could do the low-code stuff. You know what fields need to go on, and you know what a good form layout looks like and what that experience is going to be to get your work done quickly and kill a spreadsheet. It wouldn't even have to be the most complex app in the world to get instant value from from building an app. 
And then when you need deeper logic, the service portal widgets or the integration hub spokes, you know, that's where I, that's why I get out of bed in the morning. It's let's go solve something complex. Let's do something ingenious and innovative and new that other people can benefit from. And then you just pick it on flow designer and go. So yeah. that's, that's astounding. And, and the thing is that this problem will never go away because organizations are from the same root word as organic. They change, they evolve. There's a new department. There's new employees coming in. There's everything is constantly. I mean, think of how many changes you've seen at service now in the last five years, not the same company we started with, right? It's, it's always evolving. It's always changing. And when a process is born, what do we use? We usually grab the nearest thing that works for one or two people, a spreadsheet. Soon it gains popularity and you outgrow it. And now it's like spreadsheets are, I mean, we've got four of us just trying to coordinate uh, a new hire process. Who are our candidates? Where are we going? It's like, why don't we just spend 15 minutes and make a stupid app out of this? <laughs> it's like, yeah. What are we doing? And, and the, the other important part of this whole thing is like how we are helping the citizen developers or how we are helping the, the professional developers. In fact, the the citizen, what you're trying to avoid is also creating the shadow ID created. Yes. So when, um, that is one of the things which we are always concerned about. It. It's nothing wrong to have other people outside IT organization to development. You want to help them to able to innovate, to, to digitize their processes out there as much as possible. But what happens is that you don't want end up having now professional developers getting hired in different line of business and then they start creating their own platform and, and, and systems out there, which in long term becomes difficult. You get you duplicate your technical debt out there. You have this duplication of apps, support issues, uh, data issues from a security point of view. So shadow ID is, is, is to basically not about individuals. It's about to prevent all that um, duplication, as I said, of applications, data, data. Uh, uh, security is a critical part of it. So what data is captured? So all that processes we, we have in ID, we sometimes feel like, hey, there are a lot of burdens out there, but that is to protect the organization out there and, and prevent all this uh, leakages which may happen through those apps out there. Yeah, that the app sprawl is just so expensive and no CIO even wants to go there. It It's just the, the one thing that I... I know there are a number of listeners on uh, that are listening that may not be totally familiar with the platform, or we may have people that are uh, supporting multiple platforms that uh, the important note is this is all one system of record. This is all one development platform. It's not like we're building something over here and then we bolt it onto something over there and, and, you know, integrate with this thing over here. ServiceNow is all one platform. I don't think we stress that enough that you can work side by side, start a no-code app, transition to the deeper logic, the scripting, the integrations, that kind of thing. And it's all one thing. It's not throwaway work. You don't stop like we used to do when somebody say, hey, I got this great MS access database. Can we deploy this to our entire enterprise? You go, no, it has to be rebuilt in SQL. <laughs> so, that's, yeah, that's, that's a great point, Chuck, right? One platform for professional developer and the same platform for the citizen developer. So you are not like, I remember old days could be dated uh, is like, hey, they have professional developers using one platform, whereas there were non-IT or professional developers using like something like Lotus Notes or other um, access database on, and creating those apps out there. And you're not also aware of what is sitting out there in right. your ecosystem, the application, right? So one data plat one platform 
one data set you can in fact leverage the data which is already sitting in the platform for all this citizen development apps so that is the beauty of it another note that we don't get enough of and i'm hoping there's some citizen developers out there as well this platform accelerates the development for even for the senior developers the you know things like app engine studio we tout that as a great way a gateway for the citizen developers but it's also an accelerator for the experienced developers so much faster to build a workspace using ui builder so build a build your tables using table builder there's more and more of that innovation that is pragmatic low code no code that everyone can take advantage of that just makes everything so much quicker and yes there's still scripting you can do behind the scenes if you're like me and you just got to scratch that itch (laughs) (laughs) so we often refer to ourselves as customer zero here at ServiceNow, and we've launched a center of excellence and have a citizen dev program rajiv how's that going uh, absolutely wonderful. We started our pilot uh, last August. Um, at that point, the App Engine Studio was not still not uh, released here, uh, which, which got uh, released as part of Quebec. And um, it has been very well received. Uh, when we launched the pilot program, we were not sure how that would go, but we have today over 80 individuals who have completed their training. And, 80? Uh, the as in 8 zero? Eight zero, yeah, eight zero. Um, nice at training them and and earn the citizen developer badge. Uh, we are very excited for them. They are excited because it's just another step for them to just develop a new skill uh, out there. And we have more than nine zero ninety app ideas which have been submitted, and we are already live with um, more than ten apps in production as we speak. So great progress. Uh, we see just for launching a pilot in last August till to, till today. Great uh, feedback we are getting from the not only the citizen developer but people who are using the apps. And it's amazing to see all the innovation. And innovation can happen any part of the organization. It cannot be just in, in like uh, in like ID organization or the product organization. As you said, the our line of business or citizen developers are. Um, subject matter experts, they are closer to the problem. They know best way how to solve the problems. And it's amazing to see each and every app out there. And uh, the satisfaction I can see on them when they develop an app and they are sharing that. So it's an amazing journey so far. Uh, Rajiv, do you have offhand, do you know what some examples of what these apps we've built are? Um, Simple ones, right? I like there were email-based processes, and I talk about this one, where um, I, I, the best target to is look at look at all those um, generic email inboxes you may have in, in in your environment. We have more than like two hundred of them. When I last asked somebody to get get a list out there, look at that. The generic email inboxes primarily is that you are asking somebody to send an email to that inbox. Now, in the inbox, there is a request setting. There is a group of people who are looking at that request mm-hmm. and then charging that request and getting it addressed, whether they may need an approval after that or they need to complete a task or they need to complete a, a document or a content and send it back to this user. So there are a bunch of these kind of inboxes out there. And we have seen that majority of the apps are, to begin with, related to that because now they have structured that process. They know what is the backlog of requests which is coming in. 
and then we have seen some spreadsheet based process. In fact, a couple of citizen developers have also created virtual agent conversation. That was amazing. We never thought about it there, where we would see citizen developers jumping and trying to create virtual agent conversation. And uh, in fact, that, that was our number one app at this point of time, where it was also created within less than a week time. That's surprising. I wouldn't have thought virtual agent would be a go-to either. But again, it gets back to that experience. Understand how your users want to interact with the system. It's not all lists and forms. It could be voice. It could be chat. It could be mobile. It, it, there's All that stuff is right out there. Like I said, it's an accelerator because you don't have to build that, all you full stack people. <laughs> I do not want to build a reporting engine ever again in my life. And it will be amazing to see because sometimes we tend to have certain mindset in terms of, hey, there's a problem. And I give this analogy, right? If you have a hammer, everything looks like a nail to you. Right. So we we sometimes get to into that mode that whenever a problem comes in and we want to solution it by like list views only, right? Certain ways. But it's amazing when we see this creativity, when you go to individuals, they'll try to solve a problem which they are not very familiar with, right? So they will explore. So that's a great opportunity for us to learn from the citizen developers, what are the apps they're creating and how they're solving it. Yeah, have those discussions about what the process is and does. Uh, By the same token, don't let perfect be the enemy of good. Get a minimum viable product out there. Sometimes all I start with is a simple list and form. Import a spreadsheet and away we go. That's the way our our, uh, product marketing budget tracker app started. I said, what are you doing? There's 15 people that are massacring this spreadsheet on SharePoint and nobody's ever got the right view. It's, It's all over the place. The data is horribly inconsistent. What do you say we put this into an app? It took us about three weeks. We did most of the work over a lunch hour and then just kind of refined it. And Q1 of 2020... Uh, or excuse me, April 1st of 2020, it went live and they are loving it. It is so much better. Uh, Team members can rotate in and out. The user table is already there. I think the most complex thing I had to do, there's there's absolutely no logic in this thing. There's not even any notifications, but it's it's got a beautiful dashboard and that's what everybody wants to see. Are we over budget? Are we under budget? Let me filter on my department. Who's the program owner? Blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, so uh, I build a dashboard with some reports. (laughs) Again, it doesn't have to be solving a large supply chain management thing. Like you said, most of these that we're doing that are adding value are the smaller apps that are departmental in nature. Yeah. What have we learned that we can share with our customers who are looking to do something like this? Um, I would say a few things here, because when we, in fact, launched the pilot program, there were some concerns in terms of, hey, will this create an application sprawl? And how do we go to manage the the citizen developers once they have the apps done and they move and they're, because this is not their primary job. This is what they're doing in evenings, as I said, over lunch. We, we did focus a little bit more time on defining some kind of a governance around it. Uh, and what we did was that every app idea which was coming in, uh, we wanted to make sure that we review the idea. So um, and helping the how we want to help the citizen developer. As I said, you don't want to end up creating some technical debt out there or duplication of apps or data out there too. 
So that was our first focus area. We, we learned from that, that that helped, in fact, to make sure that we were not ending up or starting creating apps, which would later on bite us back. Um, the right tools, and we wanted to make sure that we train our citizen developers rather than just throwing them at it uh, and saying, hey, go learn on your own. We did um, looked at it that how can we help them in terms of if their ability to build an app. And so sometimes, as you know, they get started and they'll get frustrated, they'll drop. And once they get frustrated and drop it, they'll tell some other of their colleagues, hey, this was not a good experience. So we wanted to make sure that they get to get the right training and the right support. And we created our internal community. We created uh, office hours where they could come and have a conversation in terms of what technical help they may need or the ideas how they can do that. And as I mentioned, right, this was not their primary job. So uh, one of the things which we learned also was you have to keep nudging them, mm-hmm. right? They will get started. They will get all excited about it. And then suddenly they'll drop because they have to go and take care of their uh, business, right? Whatever their primary job is. So how do you keep nudging them and incentivize them that how do they keep going in the um, hitting the milestones to get through uh, building the app out there? And then most important is celebrating the successes. As we started celebrating the successes of some of our citizen developers, whether they were earning a badge or getting their app finished, we wanted to make sure that we showcase them, get the appreciation, get get them in their leadership of their organization, getting some recognition for the work they've done. So that has also caught up a lot. And um, you have to get your senior leadership uh, behind this uh, with constant communication and support. Uh, we have been sponsoring department hackathons, as Yogi may know that. And so this week we have the marketing uh, department is having a hackathon out there. Uh, we have uh, we have now interns this summer. We have more than 400 interns this summer at ServiceNow. And we are planning a fun activity around App Engine Studio with them, with prizes and things like that. So it's a cost, um, not only about how they build apps, but how do you make it more fun and interesting for them and for them to be able to share is an important part, which, um, which we uh, strongly ask our customers to look at it because you want to encourage more and more folks out to to come and build those apps. Yeah, you mentioned the initial concerns that customer had about uh, that that we had that I've heard from customers as well about the app sprawl, about the maintenance, about the governance, all valid questions. And if I'm not mistaken, we're taking that feedback not just from the customers, but also from ourselves, our, our own experience, and rolling those into the product. We recognized. This is what it's going to take to make App Engine Studio successful. This is what it's going to take to make creator workflows successful is, is that governance and listening to that feedback. It's kind of a recipe for success in software, by the way. Listen to your customers, yeah. internal and external. Two other things which related to it was, as, as, as mm-hmm. you mentioned, um, how to make it easy. Because if you know IT processes, you go through change, how did the code get migrated? So all that has been automated. How do you make sure that the app is created as if we are creating in IT? So they have the automated testing framework. We have enabled them, them. code migration. We have set up DevOps uh, pipeline for them, for the, some of the other apps. Now I know the App Engine Studio provides us the uh, ability to migrate apps between instances. So just to make it easy, just to also hide all the complexities we may have in IT, 
to manage our environments and the platform and the apps out there because that was the one of the first hesitancy between a lot of citizen developers when they said hey come here and build it on our platform they were saying no no we'll, we'll, we don't need to we're going to do it on our own somewhere else but when we made it easy made it seamless for them then they started showing up on our platform <laughs> and i said like one instance one platform for a citizen developer whether it is done by professional developer or citizen developer out there. amazing how that works when you make it easy so Take us on a journey of how a customer would go about launching a citizen developer program. Where would they start and what does success look like? Yeah, so I've, I've spoken to um, a good number of customers uh, recently about our citizen development program. Some of them are getting started. They're looking at how to get how to get uh, how do they get started into this whole thing. So as I said, right, you have to first look at a very easy way to bring citizen development program out there and you want to make sure that um, not only the upfront program you need to understand uh, in terms of how do you bring the citizen developer and help them build the apps and socialize can constantly communicate out there but also important is the, is this uh, her your ability to support those uh, apps out there because as i said right if a citizen developer as they build the app they move to a new role they'll they may leave the company and typically when an IT with somebody leaves the company or moves in a different role, there is already a team there which is supporting those apps out there. Mm-hmm. But when a app is developed by a citizen developer, so that was one of the main concerns customers had, right? How do you go about it? And the way we have addressed that um, as, as first, none of our citizen developer apps fall into what we call the category, like critical app category. So it doesn't require 24 by 7 support. They generally are used within a department, right? As you mentioned, your team, like a bunch of six of you, got together and spreadsheets were put into app. So it's a small group of users who are using it. We still make our IT service owners. IT service owners in ServiceNow are the individuals who are aligned to different functions, whether they are working with finance or legal or marketing or sales um, or our HR. So these service owners, um, we make them still the owner of the app. So, so in case, as I said, right, a citizen developer moves into a new role, um, based on the usage, the IT service owners can make the decision to absorb that into that team. Or if they see that, hey, this app may have may not live longer, they can decide to retire or do the right disposition of the app. So they are not like just sitting there and not getting used or not getting supported. And to get started um, on this journey, we ask the customers to start on a very, uh, use the App Engine Studio. Great, we've come out of the box with five different templates, which pretty much co- covers a lot of the use cases. Mm-hmm. And all the other low-code tooling is available as part of the App Engine Studio. The best place to start is Catalog Builder. Catalog Builder is such a uh, easy way, as I said, take, say, your email-based processes and automate into the system out there. And as I said, right, the automation could be like, it's a catalog builder, it's a bunch of fields, your request input you take in, and then you assign that to somebody using the works, um, the workspace, which is now part of App Engine Studio, to individuals out there, they can manage the task. If it's an approval required, you can very easily uh, use the flow builder to to create those approval tasks and and manage that. So our 
suggestion here is start with the app engine studio catalog builder is 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 the best place to start with excellent i love it and and just so we're covering all of our bases for the listener I do want to point out that there may be some software license implications to be considered as people come up with ideas. So please work closely with your ServiceNow account team or your partner account team as you vet out these ideas so you understand what is the financial impact, not just the cost of licenses, but also the time and the money saved from digitizing these processes. There is a huge potential to move your organization forward. Okay, I think we've we've covered most of the bases, but there's still a lot of wine and brewing talking to be made here, but not, not on this podcast. Where can customers go if they have if they want more information about starting a citizen developer program? So Chuck, we have multiple places. Customer can go to community, they can go to our developer portal, and obviously they can go to our now learning or uh, where they can um, get the learning path for the citizen developer out there for or the app engine studio so i'm sure you'll share with the audience more information on that absolutely i will have links in the show notes we'll have those on the post that goes with this on the community and developer portal as rajiv said thank you very much it has been wonderful but before we go is there a way for our listeners to get in touch with you the best way is for um, anybody to get in touch with me is uh, connect me on LinkedIn. Just uh, look me up, Rajiv Sethi at um, on LinkedIn, and uh, there are not many, but on uh, service now there's only one. And once uh, you connect, just just put in your connect message on um, want to discuss more on the citizen development program, and happy to share. Um, any of my thoughts and uh, happy to connect with you via LinkedIn. Thank you. Thank you. And for the professional developers that are listening to this, be sure to share this with your citizen developers or keep an eye out in your organization for people that are raising their hand and saying, I'd like an app for this. It's like, here, enable them, get them started, start a citizen developer program and lighten your workload, make your time more effective and valuable. That's really what it's all about. So thank you, wonderful listener, for joining us today. And don't forget to check out the other ServiceNow podcasts. You can find them. I'm going to give you a new link. Instead of sending you to the community, devlink.sn slash podcasts will bring you to the page that has them all. Again, I'll include that link in the show notes. But it is on the community under the resources menu. You can also subscribe to this podcast, have it delivered to you automatically for free as the episodes come out every other week. Again, thank you very much, Rajiv. It has been fun talking to you, informative and educational, and uh, wish you all the best. Thank you, Chuck. I appreciate it. Really fun. Please let us know what you think about this podcast. You can leave feedback or ask questions in the ServiceNow community. For more great information on ServiceNow development, check out the ServiceNow developer portal at developer.servicenow.com. Thanks for listening.